I am unashamed. What about you? So Al, yesterday I ran back into the guy who showed up last year. He had he had driven nonstop from San Francisco, California, nonstop. He pulled up in front of my mm. gate. He pulled up in front of my gate last year, and I saw him standing there. When I come up there, I said, hmm. I said, I wonder what that dude wants. <laughs> so I, I pull up there. Were you armed? Ha <laughs> Was I armed? I said, I don't even go take a His leak in the yard. Went. I don't even go take a leak in the yard unless I'm armed. So anyway, I, I, I thought, well, I gave him the old Matt Dillon frisking. That means there's a gun on you. Turn around. Put your hands out. Let me look. What's that coming out of your pocket there? That's my keys. I said, pull them out. Let me see what's on the other end of that strap. And he was he complying at every... He was complying explicitly. He said, what's next? And I said, turn around. So I told him, I said, I believe you're good to go. I said, so what's on your mind? He said, well, he said, I watch y'all's podcast and the Blaze TV. He said, I've just come down here. I'm just, I'm just looking for some kind of hope. I said, get behind the rig, follow me down there. So we did that, and uh, we had a pretty well a few hours. I sat down with him, and uh, he was an atheist. So we talked it over. I pointed him to Jesus, went down on the river and baptized him, and he went on his way. Well, yesterday I pulled up there, and it was a replay of last year. I looked down there, but I didn't recognize the dude. You know, I mean, I talked. So we got him. the frisking started again. The frisking started. We did the whole frisking. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess he's used to it now. Well, look. this time, this time his attire, his what he was wearing, gave him away suspenders, you know, bow tie. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, bow tie, suspenders, and a Bible in his left hand. I said, you know well, what? that's a better sign. No, I looked up, I said, cause so if you, if, you know, I, I hate to say this, because somebody, that might be the way to try to get in, get through my gate is get all dialed up. But anyway, I said, dude, whoever you are, you are one spiffed up dude. I said, you're spiffy. You know what, you, you know what I mean? He said, he said you, you know who I am? I said, not what's your name? He said, I was the one that was sitting here last year. Nathan, remember Nathan? I said, I remember you. He said, it's me, I'm back. But did you really remember him? Yeah, I remembered oh, him. I remembered okay. him. Yeah. And I, I said, I remember you. I said, get behind the rig and follow me on down there. So we go down there. <laughs> so we talk, had a good little meal there. And I finally found out what he does. Now, this will be no news for you boys. But to me, I'm like, you do what? So I said, what do you do for a living, Nathan? And uh, he's college educated, whatever. And he's, and he's from San Francisco. It's from San Francisco. This is a crazy story. Yeah, he said he was originally from Montana. Rough story of his childhood. But he told me about that. And he just get it, got it. Did he drive over here or yeah. did he fly? You don't know. He drove. Oh. And he oh, said, wow. I'm on my way to South Carolina to the to the golf uh, uh, golf deal over a golf tournament. And I said, what do you do for a living, Nathan? He said, Phil, do you, you know you see them golfers? I said, I don't watch golf. I said, my boys do. And he said, they all have a little book that professionals do. There's yeah. a little book. That's right. That that shows the contour, the elevations, down to one millionth of an inch on the on a, on a mound, you know, the, the contours. Greens. Oh, yeah. We oh, yeah, the green. 
He said, I'm the one who made that little book. He said, I, I'm no, the one no. that produces that book. I said, so you're, you know, you know, all the big time golfers. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, do they know you? He said, oh, yeah, they know. He's right. a he's a green surveyor. You know he how people, him, you see these people surveying. He's out there on a the green. That's he, correct. Yeah. He's got a survey and all the surveying equipment. So when he hands them that, it's it's it, uh, this golf world. I never even knew this. But these guys, out are looking at the contours and the rise and fall of the landscape, which is pretty critical to what your golf ball is oh, going to do. That's why they look so well, good. Well, no wonder they're so yeah. yeah, I was going to say, no wonder they're so good. Jason, you and I hadn't had a book. We, well, we need to get with Well, Nathan. they give you a book, you know, where we play, and it's basically just that's what got some said. numbers. But now the the professionals, because I've seen those yeah, books. Yeah, you're, not, you're, you're off limits on getting this one. This oh, yeah. They, they have <laughs> – there's little arrows and contours, and, and so that's why they're always checking that book. Because when they walk up the green, you notice when they're re- well, you had you had noticed, but if you watch golf, they're yeah. turning the pages saying, "Yeah, that's right." And so they see it in a different kind of a three D dimensional way. So it so it struck me. I told him, I said, Nathan, I said, I didn't know that you you. I said, Are you the only one that does this? He said, Oh yeah, the only one in the world. He said, hmm. So <laughs> so when I said, So you are an integral. A part, a part of the golf world. He said, "Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir." But if you saw him walking down the how road, you, uh, I asked him yesterday how old he was. He's about thirty years old. He said thirty, a thirty-one, <laughs> and he, you know, he's not married. But he's, I said, "You're making some pretty good bread yeah, on I, that little scheme you got going." I'd love there. to know what the book. <laughs> Cost. I didn't pry into his affairs, but yeah. I said, "Oh, my Nathan is doing pretty, pretty I'd good." I had to ask. I had to say. No, he, said, Jason, he said, "Jason, this is this like the book of Eli, but this is the book of Nathan." Yeah, yeah. it could be. He, he said, "Mr. Field," he said, "I watch all of what y'all say," and he said, "It's a blast to watch." He said, "Your fa- fa- favorite line to me was when you said everybody's going into a six foot hole deep, you know, a six foot deep hole before it's all over." I said, "I say six foot." I said, now they're cutting, dig, digging about three and a half, about probably four. trying to trying to save <laughs> money. But he, he told me, he said, when I heard that line, he he laughed, you know. But we had a little meal. Yeah, he met Miss K. What'd y'all eat? Chow mein. Oh yeah, because you invited me to that. But Chow I mein. had I had acquired. I, I partook. Oh, did I you? Partook. It was really good. Well, here's yeah, why I, I wasn't I there. Which my daughter, I gave a report in the previous podcast, but she hadn't been doing real good, but her and Missy are flying back to uh, where she had the surgery and they're going to try to check her out today. She, she just, she, her stomach was upset. There was nothing in there. It hadn't been in anything for days other than water and medicine, mm-hmm. but she just has really been struggling. So we appreciate your prayers. I mean, they, we don't think it's anything major, but it's just makes for a miserable existence. But, Old Jay, your son-in-law, Al, he took Cy and one of our neighbors, and they got ready for that fishing trip for you know about three days. They built a tent on the boat for Cy. He, so he, he put a canopy on the boat, the Dad, yeah. so that because Cy gets too hot out there, you know, it, it affects yeah. his breathing. So Jay built him like he and his uh, construction buddy built like a canopy. That will go over his boat, so the sow won't get hot when the crop is. Can it be for the aged? Yeah, yeah, that's what it be for the aged. I mean, yeah. we're yeah. at this point. He's just trying to keep sow 
alive, which we all are. And yeah. uh, and in he's being quite remarkable. And now that Cy has has survived the coronavirus, he he thinks he's indestructible, which technically yeah, he's he got is, a spring in his step. <laughs> but it makes him more funny, which is hard yeah. to do than he even used to be. Because now he's like, "Hey boys, I'm bulletproof." I was yeah, like, yeah. "Well, nobody shot at you, yeah. Cy." He's like, "Well, hey, you know what I mean." So, I will have to admit, Sai came close to death, and it didn't seem to bother him at all. Nah. What do you say? Well, I, and he was ready to go uh, either way. So we were playing was. dominoes the other night, we, and we filmed a little. If you go to the Duck Commander YouTube channel, uh, they put some fresh content on there. So we did a little thing about dominoes. We were playing the other night and kind of talked about the history of dominoes and the Robertson family. And so we were telling some tales. But size he saw it, and Jason's right. He's all like – he's like he's you know into you know yeah. you can't hurt him and so then he got out he's talking about their podcast he said you know and tell old zach he better start getting me some mailbox money or this old boy is gonna get laryngitis <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about all your stuff here while we're doing the thing it's, it's the place for that he's gonna like he was me funny. he's gonna like me because we're gonna do our we're gonna do our uh pilot show for our little metal detecting show which we we got we got to talk about these names at some point there al i don't know how you compile those the list of unashamed nation came up with about a hundred names and some of them made me (laughs) laugh out loud not that we'll use them but they just (laughs) you know the first one was frog commander i'm like what does that got to do with metal detecting so <laughs> what about what about dirt dynasty that was that was yeah, one that, jumped out that was me. funny that, that was a lot of funny ones but i kind of put two or three together but anyway i said that to say that Sai is is gonna make a cameo appearance on on our pilot show so i got him some money so i was working on that deal yesterday so oh, he's gonna love to see me coming i'm like so y'all have a ep- <laughs> you're gonna have a series of episodes on treasure hunting well we got one for sure yeah. So it may <laughs> just go off the cliff and crash. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> be prepared for anything, Jason. <laughs> but because of the the outcry of the people, I'm telling you, the people who listen to this. Are you worried this, about your reputation? No. We won the crowd, <laughs> and this unashamed crowd has pushed and gotten one episode at least, and then we'll do it. <laughs> so it's their fault. I'm going to blame them. I was like, hey, they're the ones that wanted it. <laughs> so I'll give you further details. But what I was going to tell you is that, you know, they go on the fishing trip and fish, you know, half a day, and they only caught seven crappie, a.k.a. white perch. I would say the greatest. Which means it's not quite time yet because Stone's no. pretty good about locating, so it ain't quite the, time. The greatest tasting freshwater fish, in my opinion. And so since Jay had recognized the struggle we had been going through, and I've been in hotels and hospitals for days, he gave me those seven crappie. But I felt so bad because I saw him getting ready for you know, the trip. They're excited. It's a, over an hour <laughs> did the drive. Crappie, did the crappie go down smooth? Oh, my goodness. Fail. I mean, I, I hadn't eaten fish in... I have a condition where there's a certain amount of time that goes by. If I haven't eaten fish, I start getting really irritable. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so, because we were just raised but on you it. Offered, That's what we do. But, well, here's what I did. But you offered something. Yeah, yeah. Tell That's right. Because that. I felt bad. I mean, really, I did. When he said we caught seven, and I'm, but I'm going to give them to you. Well, then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, that's terrible. I mean, I they spent all the time, money, et cetera. I said, well, my other neighbor has given me two dozen freshly laid eggs, which yeah. in our neighborhood, we went from, you know, in the Duck Dynasty days of the HOA, they wouldn't let us have chickens. I mean, they literally made me eat my chickens because I couldn't have them running in the yard. And so now, since the organic craze, and they were embarrassed over all that, now now that's like a big thing. Oh, yeah. And so it's actually greater than money. It's a bartering thing. And my next-door neighbor, he gave me a couple dozen. So I gave him a a dozen of the fresh eggs, which which he was excited. So raising chickens has come to the suburbs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Those <laughs> eggs are so much better than what you could buy in a store. Well, there's still Ridiculous. hope for the country, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But you know, uh, Jace, we were talking about that. It's funny that you brought that episode up because I, when I was in Michigan, there was a guy who came up and he said, you know, I, we just started rewatching the shows and my kids are watching it now because he didn't have his kids weren't old enough when the show was actually going, which is kind of interesting to me because it's like there's a whole new generation of mm-hmm. people that will watch the show because it's still out there. He said, but we just watched the episode about the HOA. I said, oh, yeah, that was a good one. He said, you know, the part that got me the most was when Miss Kay, when when she and Phil decided they were leaving the boycotting the meeting or whatever. I can't remember the whole setup. They were in uh, somebody's garage there in the neighborhood. She said she went back and got her food that she brought and took it with her. She said, I'm not leaving this for these people. And took it with her. <laughs> I don't even remember that happening. I don't even remember I didn't that. Either. I don't remember those episodes because people all the time, they're like, hey, what happened? You know, they're acting like they just watched it on a rerun. I'm like, eh, not real sure. But what what for is crazy? Still, hey, hey Jace, Jace, yeah. let's, take, let's take a quick break. What's crazy is in real life, you know, once the social media response came out, well, all these people who were in the no chicken camp, they were embarrassed. I mean, they're my friends and neighbors, and I don't want to rub it in. But I'm like, you doggone right you ought to be embarrassed. I mean, this is insane because they're the same people that love everything organic, and then they come up with all these rules, and now we can't have a chicken lay an egg and eat it? I mean, that's just stupid. It is. It, it, it made me angry. I mean, they were like, we ought to do a show about it. And I'm like. Come on. I said, because you're not going to have to tell these people to act a certain way. I was like, they don't want chickens. I mean, it's it's stupid. Yeah. And so and they have rules and fines, which I didn't even know I was living in a neighborhood that that I didn't even know that was going on. <laughs> well, and ours is a lot more lax. Let me tell you something. When I when Lisa and I first bought a condo down here, I mean, I. I did not realize. Like I realize, I'm first of all, I'm not old enough to be in the condo living mindset because these people have come here from all over the country, uh, from all these other states, and to basically make rules and then enforce them. And That's I, what I they felt do, like I was huh? under 24 hour surveillance. Yeah, I mean, Is I couldn't even. Yard? I'm walking out to the. Do you have a yard at the condo? Oh yeah. There's, you need to get some chickens. Yeah, but I, I plant you I a garden. I sold the condo. I, I bought me a house. I had to get out of there. Uh, they they drove me out. Back, less than y'all's, six y'all's background clashes with the modern day. That's right. Uh, That's world exactly because right. you know you, you, the old the old standard of conduct and all that. 
The only rules we have, according to old Jay, said, Jay said, here's the way we operated. The only rule we have is that there are no rules. That's the rule. And that is based on the Word of God. Look, yeah. Al tells me, because I don't read the you know, what people write in, but that's probably the number one problem that religious people have and things we say. They're like, we can't, we can't get the concept from the Bible. I'm like, read it, that, that we're not under a rule-keeping system. Take a guy like that guy that came down we were referring to, Nathan. The Apostle Paul told a young preacher, he's preparing him like we are preparing people to go out, to go forth. What you heard from me, this is in talking to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.13, and you can go back to the book of Acts, you say, hmm, what you heard from me, you remember Saul of Tarsus and what a wicked man and a killer he was, keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Just below there, he said, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. The things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses Entrust what I what you heard me say. Entrust that to reliable men, and so you get the golf pro, the one that the the book that runs with the golf pro. You say he has a, a opportunity within that structure if we make sure that he keeps as a pattern the teaching that we see in the New Testament. Many witnesses entrust to reliable men. We just I just talked to one last night who will also be qualified to teach others, endure hardship as a soldier of Christ Jesus. Now he's uh, gone, he was in the military, uh, uh, Nathan was, but you say these military guys that are coming out, now their commanding officer is Jesus. They have a job to do. So you see what they preach. They started with Jesus, him becoming flesh, dying on a cross, being buried, raised from the dead. We're in the book of Acts. The power of that message has spread from the time it was introduced 2,021 years ago all the way up to here. I'm just giving everybody the big picture. Train others so they can train others, and we just go forth, and we are holding to the pattern. Yeah. All this arguing about rules and regulations, I mean, these Bible writers say no rules. No rules. Well, the I think the misunderstanding comes in. It's like 2 Timothy 2. He then makes an illustration when he gets down there, and he says, he says, no one uh, serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs because he had just said endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. But then he makes another illustration in verse 5. He says, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. Yep. And so people say, well, see, uh, there it is. It, you're, he made an analogy that you have to stay within the rules, and they're missing the point. And I'll, I'll give you another verse. This, I did a lesson on this one time when you were reading that. It popped into my head. You know, Galatians, the whole book is a, uh, what's the strongest word I can say? Uh, repudiation. <laughs> repudiation of a group of people who tried to add circumcision to the gospel of Jesus. Mm -hmm. The right. grace of God through Jesus on a cross and the resurrection, they said, you need that. You got to have Jesus and you got to be circumcised or you're at, they yeah. just tried to get one, one rule, one little rule. And so he spent six chapters just demolishing 
that idea. And so he gets to the end, and I think this is uh this is clever. Because he says in chapter six the same kind of uh phraseology about those who are persecuted for the cross, verse eight, the one who sows to please oh, no no, let's see where I'm looking at. Uh verse verse twelve <laughs> at the second part it says the only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law, yet they want to be circumcised that they may boast about it in your in your flesh. Well, here we go. We got people running a race as a soldier for Jesus. Instead of pointing people to Jesus, they're like, "Look at me! I've been circumcised," which is kind of a kind of a gross uh, boast. It's anyway. right weird. Yeah, it's gotten weird here. And so then he then he. Gets to verse 14, and look, if you read the whole book of Galatians, over and over he said it's for freedom you've been saved. We're no longer under the supervision of the law. I mean, just flat out says it in verse chapter 3, I think, in verse 25. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. And so then he gets to 614. Here's where I was trying to get to. And this is comical, but serious. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation, which is what we experience in Jesus. But here's the, here's the comical part. Peace and mercy to, to all who follow this rule. He's like, you want a rule? He spent six chapters going through that. I'm going to give you one. Only boast in Jesus Christ. There you go. So for all of you people who are having trouble not being under rules, there's your one rule. (laughs) Boast only in Jesus. Follow that rule and everything else will be fine. Well said. (laughs) Well, and he kind of, you know, that's what Paul said in Romans. We've talked about before in seven and eight. The idea was that the basically the purpose of, of the law itself, Ten Commandments, but all of it for the for the entire history of the Jewish nation, was to show the world, all the world, Jews and Gentiles, that the law cannot be kept flawlessly by anyone. Mm-hmm. That was its purpose. It was its purpose was to point us to Jesus, even back when it was before we even knew about. And it, the Jesus only one was. who ever kept it was the one who died to get us out from under. It. <laughs> to fulfill well, it right. and once he that's fulfilled right. it that's why the cross is so powerful so i mean it's, it's you're hard right. to it, understand it is. though it, it it's is hard it's, to, it's hard to grasp it it, it is yeah because look we're we're following the rules we we are following the rules but not because they're rules or we have to it's it's like out of that response to jesus well you're doing right things because you buried the old sinful self that was controlled by the rules that you're not good enough to keep them all. You break the rule. You're separated from God. Then you get rid of that guy, which is what Romans 6 is about. But it's just... In Romans 13, loving your neighbor is a fulfillment of the rules because you're not stealing from him or lying to him. <laughs> yeah. But it's like marriage. Which to actually, me, that's, that's why you got to get back to we're married to Jesus and you function like that. I mean, to go back to the the crappie I fixed, I fried six. I went to mustard and flour because it had been a while. 
black pepper and mustard. Good call. But I took one of them, the biggest one, and I blackened that one, both sides, because Missy, she likes them blackened. Did you kick up the seeds in a little bit on it? Oh, yeah. yeah. But that's the way. I, I fixed it for her, and I know how she likes it. So, And she's been, hadn't eaten a whole lot in a few days because of dealing with Mia. She came by, and I just had the plate. I mean, she was emptying a, a throw-up bucket, so I thought, well, she might not have much of an appetite. And when she <laughs> saw it, look, she just she grabbed the plate and just went, <laughs> it was just gone. <laughs> and she sat there for like five seconds. And like she, a dog that hadn't yeah. been fed in three days. I mean, I looked up, and it was all gone. And she, she just looked up at the ceiling, and she went, Oh, <laughs> so I'm like, boy, I really made her day. Well, then about an hour later, she come in there and she said, I, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this story. But she said, all right, don't forget, you know, we have that that phone call tomorrow, which is today, by the way, with the doctor. And I was like, you never tell me about that. I mean, she she really she said, oh, yeah, I, mean, I can't believe you can't keep up with what's going on. But I'm sitting there thinking, now look, I forget stuff, but I know she, I knew she hadn't told me. But I also realized she's been sleep deprived, she's been dealing with our daughter. So I just I just went with, you know, cuz I in my mind to go to the rules system, I thought she's wrong here, but it's not worth it. You know, I love her, she's awesome. So I'm just I I'm just not going to I said, "Yeah, okay." You just yeah. you just uh, uh you just took you just took one for the team. Let's take a quick break. Well, one thing's for sure, boys. Spring has sprung, has it not? I mean, things are starting yep. to green up. Time I, to get outside more, except for stupid pine pollen. I thought it was raining yesterday, misty rain. Or <laughs> I said yesterday morning, last night when I was letting my dog out, and I looked, and it was pollen. It was raining pollen. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everything is yellow. It's a yellow coating of pollen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, in, in our area. So since people are going to be outside, one of our sponsors is a, is a company called Bespoke Post, and they send a box every month if you sign up with these guys, and it's called the Box of Awesome. So they got some new stuff for spring uh, lined up, so they want you to know about it. So whether you're taming the wilderness or taking home – you know, something new around your house. These guys got really cool stuff. I love getting my box every month and finding out what they have in there. So you want to check these guys out if you're into that sort of thing. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month or you can cancel anytime you want to. You go to boxofawesome.com. You take a quiz, which basically tells what kind of stuff you like, so they'll know what to send you. The box has uh, is 45 bucks, but it has over $70 worth of gear. So, you know, you get a value every time you get it. Uh, you get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code Phil at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code Phil, for 20% off your first box. I took it for the team, but here's what's funny. About an hour later, she come in there, and she got kind of tear, teared up. She said, I got to think about that. I never told you that. I was like, nope, but it's all right, you know. But I, in my mind, what I'm saying is if you went by a rule system in marriage where, like, you make a mistake, how long do you think this thing is going to last? As, it, as our culture has proven, not long. No, so... And, and my point is, 
the relationship and the circumstances around is of greater importance. Even though I knew I was right in that moment, it wasn't worth it. That's right. And, and, and I never thought she would, it would dawn on her. And I, it's just like that with Jesus. You know, we make mistakes, and he's always taking it. Always, every time, offering us grace and forget. He's never, like, bashing us. And so then we're honest, and that's why we confess. We're not confessing because it's a rule. That That's what just irks me about it. You know, people are like, well, I went to church, I confessed, and now I'm saved. Here's what here's what you did. You you lived out the, what you just described yesterday. Here's what you lived out in Scripture. Philippians 2. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider your wife, in this case, better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus. And it goes mm-hmm. on to describe how he gave himself for us. So that's what you live that passage out yeah. in the moment. Mm-hmm. Even though you were right, you look right. to her interest above your own. You had, that's empathy. Now, that, and that's it, what Jesus did with us. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's why he died for us. And he does it every day. And to be completely honest, it took me about 25 years. I've been married 30, dated three, <laughs> to start doing stuff like that. Because in the first, you know, young and dumb. Yeah. You're wrong. I'm right. It ends now, right here. I, yeah. I'm going to make this point. You're wrong. Yeah. And that's why that's just so stupid. So, I mean, I got that in right yesterday, <laughs> but the first 25 years was bumpy. To all the ones of you in you marriage, don't forget the famous verse by the Apostle Paul. People who marry will face many troubles in this life. <laughs> for you, and, long, I wa- and I want to spare you this. <laughs> for the long-time listeners, no matter what happens in marriage, when the conversation right. comes up. We're coming up, back to that verse. Phil has a disclaimer you know, <laughs> on, on marriage. It that should is be on, written. Look, we should put that. We should make an appeal to put that on the bottom of a marriage certificate. When oh, people get married and they have to sign the paper. Billboards on the side of the road. People oh, who marry okay. will face many troubles in this life, but I want to spare you this. <laughs> Jesus number one. Yeah, rock pause, on. Pause it. Be like me. So, you know, it's funny, Jason, you were talking about that from Galatians. Another thing that's difficult in, in, in teaching the Bible and getting it to people is because, you know, different cultures and different languages. I mean, it, it becomes interesting to go and talk. So I was in, I was in the Dominican Republic years ago and I was teaching, uh, the book of Galatians. Uh, and so I had this group of people, probably about a hundred people. And some of them were all the Bible guys down there and preachers. So you had that crew kind of sitting over here. And then you had a bunch of young people like teenagers, big crew of them. And I was excited, you know, so I'm teaching the book, going through the whole thing, making the points we just talked about. And Ben Atkins, who speaks fluent Spanish, is translating for me because none of them, you know, most of them don't speak English. So we get to the end, we're doing a QA, and a and the preachers kind of have preacher type questions. And so one of the kids asked the question, and of course, Ben's having to tell me what they're saying. What is, what is circumcision? What is that? Oh boy. Of course, they don't circumcise in their culture. Yeah. So, so 
So, I mean, it hit me. I thought, you know, we just take it for granted that you understand what that process is. But these kids had yeah. no idea. No, the preachers knew because they had studied it. So I looked at Ben and I was like, Ben, you better take this one because, yeah. you know, there's no sense <laughs> in translating. You just go. go. So so here here Ben goes, kind of like you were describing yesterday. He's going and, and I, they're, the kids are leaning in. Like, well, yeah. I mean, he has their full attention because they're thinking, what in the world? And so I didn't know what he was saying, but I knew when he got to the money line of what it what it actually is, because all the young men went, ooh, and all the yeah. women giggled. All the little girls started giggling. So yeah. I was like, well, now <clears throat> they know what circumcision But you think about it, they're listening to me teach that whole context. They have no mm-hmm. idea what circumcision was. So yeah. that's the difficulty sometimes of teaching the Bible. That one know? act uh, of the flesh uh and there's a lot of argument about that to this day. Well, you were making me nervous. I thought you were fixing an attempt to define it. No. But it's when you no. take, you know, <laughs> below, I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it to the imagination. Below of the belly button of a male, and you take some some off. Yep. So that's where I'll leave it. However, you know what the the hypocrisy of this whole letter to the Galatians. What what you think about is all these people who are rule oriented in their faith. Well, what about the women? Because I mean, they're coming up with a system where you have the gospel and circumcision. Yeah. Well, what about the women? You just nullified right. half of our church. It's a great point. I mean, it's that's why I think when he got to Galatians three there and he says, uh, "There's neither." Jew or, Jew or Greek, which is what we've been hammering on because there's that, no that, male nor female. Yeah, and he said there's no male nor female because they were, number one, they were putting a rule that they shouldn't. Number two, you've pretty well offended all the women because one, we got to have this conversation. They don't want to, they don't want to hear about this. It's, it, it's almost so stupid that you, you can't help but giggle. To think that your salvation is dependent on what happens with the use of metallic instruments south of the border on a male. Yep. I mean, what? Well, that, that let's take another break. Yeah, well, that's the whole point, though, Jess. That was another problem with the whole ancient Jewish culture is women meant very little in the system. And I believe that's why Jesus in particular I mean, he broke a lot of rules, <clears throat> talking about rules and taboos with because of women in yeah. his circle. You know, he, and, he had and a look, little circle of women around that, the whole time. There's pockets of that going on today. Yeah. I mean, some some That's people right. still view women that way. I mean, it, it it's a right, and, and you see, well, <clears throat> and it and people don't understand because they'll they'll call us a patriarchal, you know, system. And because because the Bible and it's not even true. I mean, they don't. They're just taking for granted how we feel about women and particularly our wives. But it just kind of you get labeled with it. But it's, again, it's a misunderstanding of understanding the whole breadth of the Bible and the history of it. Well, I mean, of course, yeah, things yeah. Have, have been hugely improved because of the gospel. Well, I think it comes from you know you read Ephesians five. Women submit to your husbands. Well, they're <laughs> the, the Bible doesn't like women. Well, I mean, you when you read the Gospels and how Jesus treated women, you you can whatever you thought Ephesians 
was was making you mad, you can rule that out. Yep. I mean, because you're That's not right. going to see any greater acts of here's a human God in the flesh taking up for women in extreme conditions, which was awesome. So they don't understand. It's the, the misunderstanding is not about women. It's about submission and what that means. I mean, because this two verses right. before it says submit uh, to one another out of reverence for Christ. I mean, they don't understand what surrendering and true submission means. They hear the word submission. They're thinking submission like uh, we're in some kind of fight and you're tapping the, yep. you know, tapping yeah. the mat saying, like, oh, you know, it, it and that that's that's why you always got to remember that only Jesus, an introduction to Jesus and an understanding of Jesus changes the heart. That's what's going to lead to your decision making process in all areas of life, even understanding <clears throat> how a marriage works. And look, I was just as guilty as anybody else. <clears throat> You've talked about this before, Jace, but when you read the Bible, you know, they put the headings in there, but the headings weren't in in the original letters. No, that's right. And they put right they put a heading there, wives and husbands, in that Ephesians five, and it starts at verse twenty two. But if you read the whole chapter, verse twenty one is when Paul shifts his thoughts. He says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So he takes out the idea that somehow somebody's more valuable or powerful than the other. It has nothing yeah. to do with that. That's a completely wrong context of looking at the situation. What he says is, men, you need to be spiritual leaders in your family. I can't tell you how many emails that I've gotten from our audience, from women, who said, thank mm -hmm. you guys so much. My husband, because of you guys and because of this podcast, is now attempting to spiritually lead our family. And when awesome. I get notes like that, I mean, it makes me feel great because that's the whole purpose here. It's what we're trying yeah, to yeah. do. We're trying to I help think people what, be better. You know? Yeah, I think what changed my opinion on it is because, you know, you are you have something in your head, as a, like as a man, on, on how this is going to work. But marriage is like, I mean, I did counsel, the premarital counseling and you know, yeah. I read a book or two. and But, boy, once you get in it, you're like, no, I, I should have paid more attention because it's, it's a lot tougher. But and so yeah. I spent a lot of time in the word and just trying to de-stereotype a lot of what people teach on different subjects. And But I remember, Al, you might have been there, too. I remember hearing a class somewhere at, at church where the title of it was, is my should my wife be submissive to your husband? That's what got my attention. I was like, wait a minute now. Is my wife to be submissive to your to your husband? But it was a fascinating and talk yeah, about some of the things we're talking about here where there's this there's certain men in our world who thinks that all women should be submissive to him. Yeah, that's right. a bad, bad move. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> It's just anti-God and it's anti-Scripture, but it's a truth that, that's happening. And and look, not even in the Christian world, but, you know, in the secular world, this this, this is a problem. And so, uh, I don't know, it made me look at it differently, even though I knew, you know, the truth here. I just thought, you got to be careful of stereotypes, especially when it comes to, to pride and ego and, and yes, you know, have the courage to first surrender to Jesus and then see how he shapes my life towards people. 
Yeah, I want to see the person that that thinks they're going to make my wife, in particular, submissive to them. I, I want to see how that plays <laughs> out because I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> there's some my her maiden her mom was a miller, and you know yeah. there ain't no there was she. That took her a few years to figure it out. You know, with she and I, but she sure ain't going to be submissive to no yeah. other man. <laughs> well, that's why when you did no. that that lesson on power couples, and we did a podcast on that a while back, and and it was well received mm-hmm. from what you told me. Yeah. And and I made the illustration that when I looked up power couples on the internet, you know, it's it's all these worldly couple couples. And by the way, since the airing of that, which has probably been less than a couple of weeks, yeah, one in the top five, uh, I can't remember their names, uh, Jennifer Lopez and uh, who's that? Who was that guy? A Rod. Yeah, A Rod. A Rod. That oh, they busted up. Well, so much <laughs> for that power couple. I mean. Literally yeah. two weeks later, they're not even together, and they got them in the top ten of power couples. What kind of power are we talking about? Hang on, let's take a break. Older godly women uh, are really a uh, a wonderful thing to watch. Like y'all's mother, she's an older godly woman, and she works with uh, younger women who have gone through, uh, what, what will I say? Hell on earth, uh, mistreatment, yep. abused, whatever. But, but the story she tells when she's telling me about different stages there are in their life, I salute these older women who take the time and the patience and the have the wherewithal to reach out to those women. Cause it is horrific out there. It's tough. tough yeah. Tough and you know, there's, <clears throat> we have a ministry at our church and, Mom's a part of it too. Uh, it's called, I think it's called Heartfelt Ministry, where they, it's basically taking the Titus approach that Paul told uh, Titus that look, older women need to train the younger women. I mean, yep. they need to spend time with them. They need to model their life. Uh, and he said the same thing about men too. But and Peter did the same. But that's the idea, Dad. Is that you? What the the problem in our culture is? No one is teaching younger people how to live and how to have success in marriage and how to, you know, how to, how to have a family and how to raise your kids. And mm-hmm. so it's just being left to whatever devices or things that are out there. And is it any wonder why we're falling apart as a yep. culture? Yeah. Well, I wanted to say they this. can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-control, be pure, be busy at home, to be kind, be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God then the young men, they're to be taught to be self-controlled and everything mm-hmm. set them an example by doing what is good, show integrity, seriousness, soundness of speech. This is putting in these younger generation that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you mm-hmm. may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. I mean, so it works on both sides well, the older men, but, you're reaching but, out to the younger men, said, "You young bucks, sit down here a minute. You know, y'all mistreating these girls." But, but and, it, and it's just a, it's it's a tough thing, Al. But everything that yep. you just read was beautiful. But some people would hear that to be subject to their husbands. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! And then there's yep. a husband saying, "Yeah, that's what I'm talking about." Did you read that? Yeah. You know, and so what I wanted to say to make because you're you're if you're wondering, you know where. Why have this conversation? I mean, we're, we've been going through the 
book of Acts, and the Holy Spirit is poured out. We're talking about the Holy Spirit of God is poured out and made available in Acts 2 to the Jews. And in Acts 10, and, and in essence, everyone, but in Acts 10, he affirms that it is for everyone, you know, for the Gentiles. And all these verses that we're reading today, that Holy Spirit being available in the lives of, of human beings is the common thread of what brings us together and it makes our relationship and our power couple flourish. And just for instance, to prove that, you know, in Ephesians, in his prayer, Paul in chapter three and 16, he said, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And you say, well, why are you reading this? Cause this is two chapters before he gets to Ephesians five talking about husbands and wives. Well, once you mm-hmm. look at it in that light, you know, if you just turn over to Ephesians five and see, well, I'll submit to your husband. Well, wait a minute. Now we have God's awesome Holy spirit. And when you read the fruits of the spirit, you go to Galatians, which is what we just got through talking about. They wanted to add circumcision, but look in Galatians five twenty two, he said, the fruit of the spirit is what love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all the great qualities of a marriage. It, it came to the Holy Spirit. That's why when we're going back into Acts, you're like, well, what are the ramifications for that? This was a relationship maker in releasing right. the Holy Spirit, which is why I brought up the power couple, because the power of these couples and relationships in our life is coming from God's Holy Spirit, which is the most powerful presence in, in I was going to say the world, but it's bigger than that. In, in the cosmos. Yeah. In, in the cosmos. And not only that, it becomes an eternal relationship because the same spirit that was poured out living in us will also resurrect us. That's why, you know, I tell people, don't misunderstand what he said when he said there'll be no, you know, the Pharisees who were trying to trap Jesus with a rule oriented system, you know, came up with this scenario. What if a person is married seven times? Ooh, that'll get him. Yeah. Who's he going to be married to in heaven? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what are they going to look like? You know, how old are they? It's all these questions that you hear because those come from rule oriented people. You know, what are the rules on how that's going to work? And Jesus said, well, you're ignorant. That's what he said. And you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. And so he says there'll, there'll won't be any marriage in heaven. Well, but the rule oriented people hear that and they're like, oh, we're not going to be married in heaven. Well, he just said, you don't understand the power of God and this marriage that we participate. It's just not the physical idea of marriage that we you know understand but i'm not gonna because i can't comprehend it i know one thing i'm not gonna try to make some kind of uh, rule system <laughs> q a so that people can wrap their head around it yeah i know one thing she'll be my wife because we have a forever you know relationship here 
and we won't worry about the physical because in the end, he said that's temporary. What what's unseen is right. e- eternal. I mean, no need to no yeah. need to procreate. It's actually greater. It's greater than what you think, not less. And, and which which is the reason why I believe that Paul couched that Ephesians five with Jesus and the church being the bride of Christ because. We understand submission. I had a guy one time, <clears throat> they came in to talk to me, and he said right off the bat, he said, well, we can fix this real quick if you just make her submit to me. That was his first line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, first of all, let, let's break down that statement. Make her submit to you. I said, you realize you don't make anybody submit. If you do, they really haven't submitted. Right. I mean, that's like saying, make somebody submit to God. I said, now that's called an oxymoron. And in this case, you're the moron. Uh, of the scenario here because yeah. you're missing the whole point. And so then we went back and talked about how the Philippians two passage, this is about looking out for one another. You, if when you both submit to Christ, that's why in that lesson you were talking about Jace, I went to Ecclesiastes um, nine, which Solomon talked about two are better than one. But then he said, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And mm-hmm. I made the illustration that when you put God and that was about friends, not really about, you know, husband and wife. But, but your wife is your sister in Christ. What, yeah. Would you mistreat your sister in Christ? I mean, she's that as much as she is your wife, and the same with a husband being your brother in Christ. So Christians should have a huge advantage over the world if you really mm-hmm. understand what submission truly is. And, and well, you don't have to make anybody yeah. do and anything. Irate, uh, irate fits of rage with cursing and anger and bitterness, you say, within marriages, by the time... You apply and let the spirit work in your life over a period of years. You'll look back out and you can't even remember those things. Right. They're so far back in the rearview mirror. You you, you just That's grow exactly out of right. it. Basically, you, you see did. what I'm saying. So, did you ever get Which a curse? Right. Throw up, throw a big curse and spell outright, jumping and stomping. I said, no. It's been so many years I don't even remember. So That's yeah. right. It's it's that illustration. It's the illustration we talked about the triangle. The more you move towards God, the less you forget. Yeah, yep. all your selfish power play went out the window. I mean, because you read Ephesians 5 where it says, you know, why submit to your husband, period. But then all that goes out the window when it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Uh-oh. Yeah. And gave well, himself for her. <laughs> uh-oh. Whatever you thought that was, you were mistaken. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're talking about gave his life in a gruesome, horrible way for our, and and he was innocent. Yeah, I mean, he had, which is why I told that little bitty story. But you know what first crossed my mind when she, she, because she was being adamant about it. She was like, you don't remember I told you about this phone call? I mean, she had not any sleep. She's frustrated. She's breaking me over the coals, and I'm like, mm. I mean, I, in my mind, I was like, oh, you're so wrong. But then you realize, no, no, no. You did the right thing. <laughs> yeah. I got to go find a cross and get on it. All right, we're out of time. We'll get back to Acts uh, 12 next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, 
Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.